is up, everybody? Raymond Summerlin here. This is the Sharp Angles podcast, the fantasy football preview edition of the Sharp Angles podcast. And that means I am joined by my good friend, Mr. I'm going to say your name correctly this week. I messed it up last week. Uh, so for the 501st time, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it correctly. Rich Rebar. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, we're doing good. Listen, I've been called way worse. Uh, you didn't you didn't botch it too bad last week. I've heard it all. Yeah, I don't know why I was adding. I was just adding consonants to the end of your name. I don't know why I was uh, why I was doing that. I know you're. We don't do the phone week. call thing anymore. Like we're, you know, remember growing up when landlines were, were such a thing. Still, uh, you know, when you'd get like the calls and like, you know, you know, hello, Mister Ryabar. Like, you know, are you here? Like, we don't get, those don't exist anymore. But I, I've heard it all though. I, I like the the new. Um, the new this is probably a scam feature on all the phones oh, yeah. i've been i've been very fond of that it hasn't stopped all of the scammers from continuing to call my phone like i don't know their success rate has to be plummeting at this point so that might be interesting is that going to be the big change in the industry part of the next recession will be that there'll just be scammers on the street trying to uh three card monty's going to make a return like where, where are all these people going to go to try to make their money now I mean, apparently they they keep finding people through like the emails and the phones. They get enough people to reply. I think for that, that's why they keep doing it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's smart. How about you? I bet you're feeling good this week. We had three teams on by this week, leaving you with just like, what did you do with your time? Like, did you see the sun? Like, did you? Uh, did I got watch to go the to clips? The... Like, what did you do? Yeah, I actually uh, yesterday when we were when I got done with the with the games, we had three fewer. I got to go to the gym. It was the first time on uh, a Wednesday I worked out. The all gym. <laughs> Goodness, to the gym! Look at you, healthy boy. Like when I get when I get my work done fast, uh, I go to like a buffet. So we're living <laughs> di- slightly different lives. Slightly. <laughs> Slightly different. Well, I've I've I've, I've noticed, and I'm not like super like health dude or anything, but I've noticed like this season since the season started, like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday when I'm in worksheet mode, like I physically feel off because I got in better shape in my life. That like now that like I, I pulled that back and I don't do stuff, but I'm at the computer more, I'm writing more, and I'm not eating quite as good as I was. Like I actually feel like I feel it now in my body when I'm not as healthy. Yeah, I took the dog for a walk yesterday. And I uh, I got to the end of the walk. I was like, oh, this is. And I looked down at her. I go, looks like we're going to be taking some more walks, uh, Abby. We, we need to get we need to get out and about more. But anyway, we're here not to talk about our uh, quickly diminishing health and our <laughs> short road to death. We're here to talk about a terrible week of football. What I will say, we, we mentioned last week how it wasn't going to be. You know, last week we didn't have great matchups, but because of kind of the way that it was. We thought we'd see some upsets, and we did end up seeing some up- upsets. Predicting those mm-hmm. hard, but we didn't end up seeing them. This week, most of the games are bad, but at least we have some headliners, right? We're hoping that Eagles Dolphins is going to be good. We're hoping that Chiefs and Chargers are going to be good. So I'm I'm much more interested going into this week than I think I was going going into last week. However, there's just kind of this pall across the entire NFL season. We talked about it after week one. You mentioned it in everything you were writing for the fantasy football draft kit before the season, that offenses are in a rut right now and offense is down. And we kind of got to bounce back from week one a little bit, but since then it's just been bad. And actually Warren Sharp wrote over at sharpfootballanalysis.com an article about kind of just laying out all of the issues that are going on with, with offenses. And I think one of the first things I want to talk about 
today as we move into our real or fake segment with the best graphic in the business if you're not watching this on YouTube. By the way, go to YouTube, search Warren Sharp. You'll find our channel. Subscribe. We do this live every every Thursday, 1130 Eastern. But these offensive struggles that we've had through you know the first six weeks, and we can talk about all of the statistics that Warren has over there in, in his article on Sharp Football Analysis, which again, go read that. But I guess the question is, do you see this as a continuation of what we've seen and something that's going to continue? Are you hopeful that this is going to get better? How do you kind of see the offensive landscape, the bad offensive landscape that we've had through six weeks as we as we move forward? Yeah, it's a, it's an extension of what a lot of the, the work I did the, the last couple of years I've been putting this you know article in the book and then on the website, you know, just talking about the, the, the current NFL trends, right, and what we're seeing. And it's it continues a trend in that direction. Like we're seeing more more zone coverage, less man coverage, less aggressive defensive play. Uh, then you've got like you know the the penalty stuff Warren talks about. We've got quarterback play is an issue across the NFL. We've got a number of backup quarterbacks playing this week too. Hopefully tonight we don't have one, but we might have one tonight. And you know in Jacksonville, uh, offensive line play is bad. There's a lot going on. The only like thing that like I still can't get with because I got pushed back when I tweeted some stats about this earlier in the week and people say like high scoring games doesn't equal quality football and I agree with that like I'm for good defense if we're getting good defense but I don't believe we're in this like defensive meta where we're seeing just like this revival of great like defensive play I think it is still very steered much by bad offense as opposed to good defense and that's where it's a problem for the NFL uh, we're seeing just a very uh, widespread brash of just very bad offensive football play as opposed to good defense. If we were just getting great defense, that's one thing, but I don't really believe that's the case. Yeah, I I could see that maybe this – I think what kind of is happening here is that the way that defense was played in more of like kind of the cover three era maybe made it a little bit easier for quarterbacks and maybe quarterbacks that don't process as quickly were able to hide a little bit. And now um, because of how good NFL defenses are just from a speed perspective, the things they're trying to do to beat these new zone coverages and, and the middle of the field open and all of this, it doesn't work because they're trying to do similar things that happen in college, except uh, your wide receiver isn't 10 times better than the defensive back. And so they're just getting tackled. And so I, a lot of what we're seeing is these underneath throws that just don't go anywhere. And I, I do wonder if they try to open up the offense or they would open up the offense if we had better quarterback play, because you do still see teams succeeding. Uh, the Dolphins are still able to do this, and they're able to do this because of the speed that they have, and because Tua is very good at at running their offense. And I wonder if, I wonder if you know, what is happening now is that a lot of the quarterback cracks? Because I mean, if you think about it, to three or four years ago, I think the league was in a really good place for quarterbacks, and some of those players have retired, and maybe we're just kind of in a fallow period. This next quarterback class that's coming into the league, it's pretty highly regarded. You know, I know. That's kind of a thing in draft circles. Just look at next year's draft class. But this yeah. one actually appears to be <laughs> this one Dynasty? actually appears to be good. Exactly. If you played Dynasty, remember remember how everybody was hoarding 2023 yeah. first round draft picks, and uh, that worked out. That worked out great for all. The biggest years. difference, but, too, I think, this year compared to last uh, is when the defensive meta kind of flipped, and uh, you know, was like, hey, yeah, you know, we're going to leave the middle field open. We're going to invite you to run is that teams actually ran the ball effectively last year. And that really hasn't happened this year, which again, I think signals back to like the state of where offensive line play is right now. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other part of it is, I just think against an NFL defense, not even a good NFL defense, it's hard to dink and duck consistently and just 
and execute consistently down the field. It's just, it's not going to work. We see big plays um, considerably down this year. Again, just 5.6% of offensive plays are 20 or more yards, which is down big. I mentioned this actually with the Cowboys offense last week, and the Cowboys offense got one big play from Tony Pollard kind of on accident, and it flipped the game. So these teams that are able to create big plays, the Miami Dolphins, for instance, the San Francisco 49ers, these teams are still going to be able to be fine because they're able to create these big plays that actually what lead to scoring. And so, yeah, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of a confluence of things. And I do think quarterback mm-hmm. play and a lack of like how many, how many people there are there on earth right now who could be an effective NFL quarterback. The number is definitely less than 32. And I don't, I don't know if it's more than 15. And that's a massive problem in kind of what we're what we're looking at right now. Yeah. And like you said, it's a lot of people have been trying to like just put like a blanket answer on like what's going on. And like you said, I definitely believe also it's, a, it's just a confluence of things. Like a lot of things go into this, but thank God for Mike McDaniel. Yes. Thank God for the thank God for the Shanahan coaching tree. that's all that's all we have now uh as we look at this i do want to kind of point to one thing warren had in this article and again i'd recommend go read this very good he mentioned and this kind of i hadn't like really thought about that this is what i was noticing but as soon as he said it i went oh yeah this is what i've been noticing offenses on the first drive on the scripted plays and this has always kind of been true but offenses on the scripted plays have been much better than they've been throughout the rest of the game, especially in the second half. And I think one of the reasons we're seeing uh, the blowouts that we're seeing is that teams' defenses are able to adjust to what offenses are doing. And offenses, for whatever reason, haven't been able to adjust, especially offenses that are trailing. Uh, trailing teams uh, in the second half, just 45.5% of their drives reach the red zone or score, which is the lowest total since uh, the lowest percentage since 2000. So that is a that is a very that is a very large change and a very big deviation. And I do wonder if this is just the offenses figuring it out. I wonder if at some point they will, and then we kind of see this start to turn around later in the season. But yeah, it's so far it hasn't been it hasn't been a promising start to the fantasy season. And that's what we you know people can say. Well, we like good defense. I I'm happy to watch good defense if the if the you know early 2000s, 2010 Seahawks are walking through the door. I love to watch that. That was fun. But that's I like you said, I don't think that's what this is. And that's yeah, this we're not, is not fun it. to watch. Yeah, we're not seeing that. I mean, how many truly like elite defenses like there we believe like there are? If we're to like actually like segregate teams that we believe have like a really good front end defense, like how, how what's the list stop at? Like three teams, four teams? Yeah, I mean, is it yeah, it's Browns, Cowboys. Do we even think the 49ers are? Yeah, I would sell like I would give them I would put them in that place. But then is is there another one? Not that I can think of off the top of my head, no. Yeah, yeah. so it'd be different. Like I don't I don't see how you can see uh how you can make the argument for like the with this league wide spread of great defenses when a team like the Giants has gone thirty five straight drives without a touchdown, or we have this streak where the Patriots went thirty straight drives without even getting to the red zone, right? Like there's offensive ineptitude that is going on. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, can we talk about the Giants? We're not going to talk about the Giants. We don't have them on the rundown here. But if you watched your team pay a lot of money to Daniel Jones, which they, I mean, they kind of had to do, and that could be part of it, by the way. Joe Gibbs, who works with us, brought this up on a call yesterday, is that is that part of what we might be seeing is that this inflated – no, I guess it was actually Curtis. Curtis Hirsch, I think, brought this up. This inflated – 
prices that are being paid for these mid-tier quarterbacks are preventing teams from having the talent they need around them to to actually work. And so the Giants feel compelled to pay Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones is at least better than whatever they're going to find on the street, or at least they thought, which means they have a terrible receiver core, which means they have a terrible offensive line because they can't draft offensive linemen for some reason. And they have invested in the offensive line, to be fair, but they just can't they can't make it work. And then you pay Daniel Jones all this money, you bring in Tyrod Taylor, and suddenly the offense looks fine. Like that's that's a tough that's a tough outcome if you're a Giants fan, man. That's that's rough to watch. So uh, I'm not sorry, Giants fans. I didn't mean to bring that up, but it's just something I've been thinking about. It's not it's not good. I want from fantasy. I want Tyrod Taylor to start this week, right? Like, don't yeah. you want Tyrod Taylor to start this week? Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna have talk about Jalen Hyatt later in the show. Does it change if Daniel Jones starts? Yes. It's not. It's not good. That's <laughs> Tyron Taylor had as many completions on throws twenty yards or further downfield last week that Daniel Jones had in the season coming in. Oh, that is that is less than ideal. We'll call that less than I mean, ideal. It's it things because, you know, Giants fans probably had a fun time last year, right? I, I, My son, we talk about this. My son is a Giants fan. My 18-year-old son. He loves the Giants. He grew up. He loved Victor Cruz was his favorite player. He stuck with them since Victor Cruz left the team. And he was he yeah. had a blast on Sundays last year. They won all these close games. They got to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. That was the worst thing that could have happened for that franchise organizationally. It really yeah, was. bad. It really was. You think uh, Victor, about that. Like making the playoffs was objectively bad. It like made it, it made this team worse for the long run, the big picture. Yeah, because they thought they were closer than they were, which is why you have to kind of be honest with yourself. Because they had the, to give the Daniel Vikings Jones that contract. They put themselves in a position by making the playoffs to not have a high draft pick. Um, it also forced your ties because you think you're closer. You have to bring Saquon Barkley back. Like, you know, all these different things, dominoes are pushed over by that. And it probably is going to force them to reset a few things. Yeah. And by the way, kind of on that point, we're just tangenting now. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings didn't do that this offseason, really, in my mind, which I thought was interesting. Um, they did sign, they did um, draft Jordan Addison, but at that point, he was probably value in the first round. Yeah. So they, they got rid to of be fair, their guy's 35 years point. old. Like, yeah. That's the other the 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 hanging element too is that you know there's still like uh where Daniel Jones's career trajectory wise, there was like a carrot to say, like, all right, well, he's still in his mid-20s, something happened where Kirk Cousins is literally it's like well, how many years does he even have? Uh, next year he will not be with the Vikings. I feel no. can we bet on that? Like if we could bet on that, I would I'd like to. Apparently he will be with them for the rest of the year. So you know, have fun with that. Uh, in the NFL, we're, you know, I see all these, you know, uh, faux trades being thrown out there. Like, nothing cool happens in the NFL at the trade deadline. Like, Nicole Hardman gets traded. That's what happens. You could just stop. Nothing cool happens in the NFL. End of sentence. <laughs> uh, That's but, like, it. but, like, you know, it's not like the NBA or, like, Major League Baseball where, like, all these stars get traded. Like, that very rarely has happened in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Quarterbacks especially. So, yeah, I think that's fair. All right, there's a lot more about in that article that Warren wrote. It was a ton, a ton of words written about this topic. Incredible deep dive. Go to Sharp Football Analysis, check that out. Also go to Sharp Football Analysis and check out our all access package. With our all access package, you get access to Warren Sharp's betting recommendations. You get access to all of our fantasy content, including Warren, I mean, including Rich Rebar's uh, worksheets, the preview of every single game 
every single week, his rankings, all of that's there. He does a live chat on on Sunday mornings at 11.45 Eastern. So you can go and ask him questions. There's a ton of stuff included in that all access package. And you can get, you can use the code angles and get 25% off. So go and check out, go and check out um, the all access package. All right, moving on up here to Bijan Robinson and kind of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. We, we came out of London thinking, all right, we're going to get, here's Bijan Robinson time. We're going to get him, you know, the full time running back. And since then that, that simply just hasn't been the case. Now, and Arthur Smith kind of came out and talked about, you know, keeping his workload in track. And that's, you know, fine relative to we thought this team, but that we thought this team was going to run the ball a ton too, but they've been in such bad game scripts that uh, they haven't really. Now they're still, they still run the ball more than expected based on game script, but they are dropping back the pass 39 times per game now because they're bad. Only the Giants and Jets have led for a fewer rate of snaps in games than the Falcons. So that's actually helped Bijan a little bit in the receiving side because he still is getting catches, but if we're forced to live on any reduction of touches, then we're forced to live on efficiency. And we haven't had the efficiency rushing the past two weeks from him. Uh, and that's very tough. He's a guy like I want to move down in rankings. And this is why I do the worksheet before rankings. Cause I want to have like clarity on like player usage and like clear expectations before putting guys in a linear list, because he's a guy that shouldn't be ranked where he is, but by the default of the landscape is like, we have to treat himself as like this upside RB one, right. When he really is more of like an upside RB two from like his usage stance. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where we Some are. Some of that him. upside doesn't <laughs> exist because of his usage around the goal line. Right. And because he's not getting those, high value touches he is getting the targets and that's nice and he caught his receiving touchdown uh this year which is nice but he's not getting those high value carries around the goal line those are going to tyler algier and so that's he's also bad on those carries and as bad as a rookie which is very interesting like you'd think teams like because we have access to this stuff as fantasy analysts so i assume someone in atlanta is looking at this stuff too <laughs> Well, that was the thing too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always one so odd. This was kind of the case with Derrick Henry early in his career. Do you remember this? How yeah. he was not very good at short yardage situations, at least the way that they were using him in short yardage. But that was the only place they were using him when he was kind of playing second fiddle <laughs> with in Tennessee. It's Demarco Murray, and so um, to Demarco Murray still my only freezing cold uh, retweet. They've ever only have retweeted me once. It was because I thought DeMarco Murray was washed and then he wasn't. So thank you DeMarco Murray. I really appreciate that. But the, uh, but yeah, so like you could look at it and say, Oh, he hasn't been very good in short yardage, but it, they still keep giving him. And so I guess the question is, is that going to continue? It seems like it's going to, are they going to continue to limit Bijan's workload? You mentioned it, Arthur Smith. I have the quote here. I think the quote is important to, to hear because it's pretty clear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Arthur Smith says, I think you have to be careful. I think it's not just physical. It's the mental things that can get some of them guys. You want to do everything and he's a unique player. And that's part of the things too. You look at operationally, if you're putting too much on them, that's where Cordero Patterson coming back. You hope that's a give and take. So not only are we worried about Tyler Algier here, we're now worried about Cordero Patterson coming back, which is a big concern for his target share, which is the thing that you are banking on. I mean, his target share has already gone down. It was like 20% early in the season. It's down to 12.2% over the last two games. Like all of these, it's just the trends are not great here for Robinson. And I'm worried that they're not going to turn around based on the signals we're getting from the team. Yeah, it's just a running back landscape. The running back landscape is so rough right now, and especially, you know, if we remove Christian McCaffrey, if he misses any any part of time either. It's just been really rough out there, man. 
It's not good. Uh, Kyron Williams, too. Kyron Williams is uh, taking up some bench slots. Right, like a gem. Like, you know, Kyron's been arguably one of the best, you know, late round picks, bigger early season waiver wire guys, just because he's been this running back you can count on for touches and touchdown equity. And now he's gone. And uh, who knows what's going to happen there this weekend? Yeah. I mean, I have a pretty good idea what's going to happen there this weekend, but... it's not gonna be great. That four four different running backs are gonna get carries, and it's gonna be like Arizona last week, where nothing good happens. Yeah, we've lost James yeah. Conner too. James Conner was not replaced by another running back. James Conner was replaced by three running backs, including one off the street that for some reason got more touches than Amari Di Mercado. And I am not angry about that. Don't yeah. don't put in the papers that I'm angry about that. Uh, but yeah, it was a. It's just it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. And I, I think it's not going the right way for for Bijan. Let's get positive though. It's going the right way here for Michael Mayer, our rookie tight end with the Raiders. His drop back rate was up to sixty six point seven percent last week. He has nine targets over the last two games after two total through four weeks. Is this real? Are we going to finally get a a nice addition to the kind of streaming te one landscape? Please, please tell me it's real. That part's not, but they're going to play him. Yeah, he's a second-round pick. He's going to get more snaps. I mean, I mean, his game came in a game where Devontae Adams had his second-lowest target share as a Raider, right? Like, like Devontae Adams is going to get more targets going forward. And they're going to prioritize. I get best Michael Mayer is still the third-best target in a Jimmy Garoppolo-led offense. Like, so, yeah, there will, we'll have some weeks uh, where you can run into some upside. You Maybe you, you hit, but, like, he's going to be on this big – log jam uh of guys that are just out there man did you get a touchdown from this guy did you get a big play that's what it is i mean i, I mean he's gonna be a really popular dfs play as price this week and he's very fragile i mean because a lot of times when you have these breakouts or if something happens we gotta say well what happened else in the game and it'd be different if Devonte adams and jacoby myers had these good games and michael my michael mayer also had a good game but De- Devonte adams isn't gonna go a game like many games where he has five targets right and four targets like that's just not going to happen so I, yeah he's sure. starting on two in a row with sure. lower opportunity and so this is two in a row from Devonte adams with lower opportunity and he is mad about it it made some noise about it and um i think we've seen aj brown's recent explosion would tell you a little bit about the squeaky wheel theory and whether or not that has some has some validity and uh it appears to for it has appeared to for aj brown and i think it's going to for Devonte adams this week as well. And so, yeah, if Adams is there, you know, Jacoby Myers is a target earner. He is proving it again. And so that doesn't leave Josh Jacobs is obviously going to be involved in the passing game as well, as long as they allow him to continue running into brick walls. Um, we'll see how long, we'll see how long that is. I don't know. Maybe try to try out Zamir White, see what could happen. I don't know. Just throwing that out there for, for the Raiders. But yeah, so, listen, tight ends, yeah. sure, man. I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum, like take a shot at a young tight end. Like, let's see, look at this landscape, man. Like, like Taysom, I'm like excited about Taysom Hill's usage tonight. Like, let's do it, man. Let's oh. fire Taysom Hill up, baby. This fits in fab on Taysom Hill today. So, or this week. So yeah, we're in on Taysom Hill. I do want to talk about Johnny Smith about, is like, back. Like, like, hey, man, do what you got to do at tight end. The thing about the Raiders playing Austin Hooper over their talented young tight end for four weeks. I'm just like, what, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? It just NFL teams are NFL teams are weird, man. Yeah, we saw a little bit out of the bye with JSN, but like, you know, JSN wasn't playing at the expense of basically playing 12 personnel with Kobe Parkinson. Like, okay. 
Yeah, it's been it's been wild. Oh, we did see that with the Chargers, by the way. We were hoping that Quentin Johnson yep, was gonna yep. get more snaps. Negative. And then they just ran out, they just ran out Donald Parham a lot. So uh so yeah. So we'll we'll see. Those first round picks, I guess they don't. They yeah, don't I do wonder too, you know, and I didn't think about Ted until after hindsight, but I wonder if the Cowboys matchup had a lot to do with that too. Like they just didn't feel like they were gonna be able to pass protect uh against the Cowboys. I mean, yeah, for sure. So maybe that influenced it, but I mean the Chiefs have been uh, a team that can get after the passer too. So we'll see. Either way, the bottom line is it still is tried and true. We, the J- Josh Palmer is not going away. Yep, uh, that is that is the case. Josh Palmer injured or not, added to the injury report on Sunday or not, Josh Palmer is inevitable. He will find a way. <laughs> he will he will snap his fingers with that glove behind your head, and uh, we will. We will see Josh Palmer in fantasy lineups uh, from now until the end of time. And so that's that's exciting for everybody. All right, let's move on to talk about some good games. We do have some good games this week. The first one, uh, probably the best one, is the Eagles uh, hosting the Dolphins on Sunday night football. And I, first of all, just kind of talk back to the trend that we were talking about. And this is something that was interesting to me when I looked at it this week. The Eagles are 27th in the rate of plays to go for 10 or more yards. Uh, they were third last year at 22.5% at 16.1%. Again, another example of just teams are not getting those chunk gains. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting interesting to watch. The Eagles also have offensive line concerns this week. It seems like Lane Johnson, like the vibes you're getting is that Lane Johnson is going to try to play, but he did not practice on Wednesday. That's something we have to watch. You had a great stat in the worksheet preview for this game about Hertz being pressured on 45.2% of his dropbacks after Johnson left against the Jets. So that offensive line, if if Johnson is out and kind of the other issues they already have on this offensive line, that's going to be a big concern against this Dolphins defense, right? Yeah, and you know, th- this is how re- regression works, right? Like it, it, it's a surplus of different things. And the Eagles just have have had just terrible injury luck. Like to start this season, like just a just a number of guys that are like on the, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But you know, already Cam Jurgens has been out. You know, uh, he's on short term IR. So like you're talking about if Lane Johnson doesn't play, or even if it's you know a half mass Lane Johnson, like your right side of the line is compromised from where it started the season at. Uh, they're not running the ball. Like that's where a lot of their explosives aren't coming this year. Like they aren't the explosive runs in the run game haven't really been there for this team. It did the Vikings are really like the only week that they were. They created a lot of explosives in the run game. Uh, so that hasn't been as effective as it was last year. Uh, Devontae Smith's in like a little bit of a funk. They haven't really gotten Dallas Goddard to do much outside of one game. So, I mean, this, this offense is fine. Like, but, but despite all their struggles, like the Eagles have still been like a pretty effective offense overall. I mean, they're second in the NFL in yards per drive. They punt at the second lowest rate. Like they've still found a way to like kind of work through a lot of their issues, at least more than other teams that are struggling like are able to do so like in hurts gives them a lot of outs in that capacity because of just how he can extend plays obviously the the, the tush push and the brotherly shove and all that stuff whatever you want to call it but uh that only works for them everyone has an issue with that play but it doesn't work for anyone besides the eagles um as it turns out if your quarterback can squat like nine million pounds that helps when you're running that play yeah so i don't know get in the gym uh Derek carr and uh and then we'll see if <laughs> this game has objectively like the layout we want like when you're talking like the offenses like both defenses have injuries like this is kind of what we want to have a carnival ride like please please be there sunday night football like get there for us yeah and this is this is 
this is the game that I guess I'm going to look at and say, is this real? Are we actually, actually the next one we're going to talk about too, Chargers Chiefs, which has always gone over, not over the total, has always been over 50 points. If we look at these two games and these two games disappoint, then it's time to really start thinking about, all right, where are we? And um, the other because part the of Dolphins, it, you the Eagles. The Dolphins have played two good, like competent offenses and they've gotten flooded both those games. Like, Absolutely. It- and that's kind of the point here. Uh, this is one of the points I wanted to bring up is that, you know, you mentioned the Eagles run game. This Miami Dolphins run defense has been all over the place. We saw the Chargers absolutely gash them. Last week wasn't so bad, but they couldn't tackle Chuba Hubbard. They were still getting contact to him near the line of scrimmage. Their yards before contact numbers weren't bad. Their yards after contact numbers against him were bad. He was able to run through tackles. You mentioned that this defense is this defense is injured. They have Xavier Howard, questionable. Jalen Ramsey is designated to return. I don't know if it's going to happen this week. No. These defenses, the injuries, all of the injuries the Eagles have in their secondary with you know Darius Slay and Reed Blankenship and all those issues that they have. Yeah, this, this is set up for both of these offenses to go up and down the field and us to have a shootout. And my, my kind of one concern about it, well, I have two concerns. One, it's 2023. We'll see kind of what happens. Maybe they're just going to call a thousand ineligible man downfield penalties and we never actually even get to see the game. My other concern is I wonder if the Eagles look at this matchup and kind of remember what they did to the Vikings. And I wonder if they see this, especially with the injuries they have on defense, as an opportunity to kind of just run down their throats like they did against the Vikings. Um, and I wonder if we get maybe a little bit slower paced game than we want. Their time of possession per play against Minnesota was 31.6. It was under 30 for almost the whole the rest of the season. So I am interested in kind of their decisions, especially with Devontae Smith hurt now too with the hamstring. I don't know about him. I'm interested in how the Eagles kind of attack this game. Yeah, it's going to be, especially if Xavier Howard's out too. It's going to be interesting how Fangio kind of calls this game. He hasn't been playing as much like coverage as he has in years past. They've played a little bit more man coverage, but obviously if you remove Xavier Howard, that you might, you know, alleviate how much they're actually playing that type of coverage. Do you want to even play man coverage against AJ Brown? Uh, like all those things, like elements go into play. You do not uh, want then, to do, you do not want to play. You, you do not want to. And, uh, and, and then, and then the uh, kind of the truth, the, the true reveal will probably be this week on the Eagles run defense, which has been excellent so far to start the season. They have faced a number of teams that haven't really run the football in their other games as well, though. So is this going to be a spot where we look at like the strength on strength? Because the Miami scheme, we know, probably is good enough to even if you face a good opponent, you you shade them a little bit. But like they're good enough scheme wise. It's like when the 49ers play a good run defense, right? You're like, well, they're going to try. They're going to get something. That's what we usually have with this Dolphins defense. So we also kind of get some true reveal on this Eagles run defense, which has been really good. But how much is that has been opponent driven for them? Yeah, and I do wonder, though, if the run defense, if the Philly run defense is able to stand up and at least slow them down. And you mentioned it with the 49ers, but the 49ers were slowed down by the Cowboys. Their running game was slowed down by the Browns. And so I wonder if, if the Eagles run defense is kind of on that level and able to slow them down. Are we going to get, you know, more passing volume, especially if this is back and forth. And you mentioned this in your worksheet right after this game is that what we've seen from Jalen Waddle recently from a target share perspective, he scored his two touchdowns, touchdowns are fluky. It is what it is, but from a target share perspective, we're pretty excited about kind of what we're seeing from Jalen Waddle. It's just that the big plays haven't been there. And if he's going to continue to get this target share, maybe they pass a little bit more than, than they normally do this week. We could, we could have a nice breakout game here for Jalen Waddle. In fact, 
I'm going to be targeting him in the captain spot in showdown lineups because this could be kind of one of those, if this usage continues, one of these kind of breakout situations for Waddle. And we know that his ceiling, when it happens, is immense. Yeah, we just haven't had the big splash plays. He's a guy I played in DFS tournaments, and like you're happy you got the touchdown, but like you didn't run into the huge game either game because the yard wasn't there. But if he's a guy that's going to flirt like with a target share around 30%, and it's been 30% and 36% the past two weeks, like you know, eventually, like on those types of targets, something's going to come. And it is a thin target tree, anyways. So we're looking, we're looking to cook here with Jalen Lotto, I think. No, I think so as well. The other wide receiver, too, in this game is kind of going the other way, and that's Devontae Smith. Missed practice on Wednesday. I couldn't get a good read from any reporters on what if we should be worried about this injury. It's probably not a great sign that they that they added Julio Jones, but they might have done that anyway. And so I'm I'm trying not to read too much into that. By the way, do you have any thoughts on the Julio Jones edition? Do you care? Good for at all? good I for Julio. Know, right? Just good yeah, for exactly. Julio. I hope. I hope he wins a Super Bowl. That 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 is that's what I'll say about it. I don't even root for the Eagles, but I will root for I will root for uh, Julio. Um, so Devontae Smith, he's had 50 total receiving yards over the last two weeks, despite 16 targets. He struggled with drops. He had one really bad drop uh, last week. This is probably going to be a good game environment. We're projecting a good game environment. The secondary, as we've mentioned, with Miami is is struggling. So I, I guess if he's healthy, we're just going to go back to the well here with Devonta Smith. But do you have any concerns? I mean, not, I mean, not in anything outside of normal, right? Like, I think the biggest thing is just with these guys, we haven't seen them like coexist like they did to end last season. Like, it didn't matter if one guy had a big game last year or not. You know, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown were good together in unison. Uh, you know, you, you go back to the Super Bowl, like the last eight weeks last season, they were constantly wide receiver two are better together this year it's been kind of one or the other right like we we talked you talked about aj brown's tantrum in the week Devonte smith did good in week two and Devonte smith did solid in week one week one was like the best like the outlook that kind of both of them had in terms of like targets and stuff last week's could have been good Devonte smith self-sabotaged himself a little bit last week I and mean, he had 11 targets but he's just in that nebulous bucket of guys we talk about, right? Like the the Waddles, the T. Higgins. Uh, I include Chris Olave in there, even though he should be better. Uh, you know, the, the the Mari Coopers of the world, right? Like the target share exists for these guys, but they also come with some volatility. The upside exists. We know they're good players, um, but they're just in kind of like that 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 bucket of kind of like you have to keep playing them. They belong in that like tier of guys, but there's a reason why they aren't quite like the elite part of the position. Let me tell you how I got to this tangent, because uh, I, I feel I need to explain how I got here. Um, I was thinking about that group of guys. I was thinking about DJ Moore and kind of what we're doing with DJ, Moore. DJ Moore. I wanted to ask you about it, but then I remembered that I, I still don't know how to pronounce the last name of the, the Bears quarterback now. Tyson, is it – do you know what it is? Is it It's Bajan, right? Like Bajan. Like, like Bajan, like agent of chaos. That's why they call him Bajan of chaos. Like a – very good. Bajan. So Tyson Bajan. So DJ Moore is definitely in that group, um, or at least he was with Justin Fields. I mean, how are you just kind of this is an aside. How are you feeling about him here with with Bajan? Do you have any thoughts on on kind of what you're going to do with him? I mean, it could be better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Justin Fields is a volatile. He's an erratic passer and he's mobile. Right. And he runs like Bajan's a, a drop. He actually can run a little bit. He's, he's got a little bit of athleticism, but like he's they're They're going to have more of a drop back pass game. So and they tried to do that with Fields, right? And it didn't work for Fields. Fields complained about it. So yeah, maybe maybe there's just an opportunity. He, I mean, he targeted the hell out of DJ Moore when he came in the game. 
Like he, you know, yeah. DJ it, Moore was on his way to a really bad game, and then Bajic came in, and it turned into a pretty okay game. Like it was what, like four for fifty-one or something like that. Something he, that he ran. He ran fifteen pass routes with Bajic in the game, and Bajic targeted him six times on fifteen pass routes. Yeah. No, he he was he was peppering him, and maybe so. with a maybe you know maybe with a week of practice, you know, we'll see we'll see that's Nate Hobbs might not out. play in that game, so like something to, like I mean, you, again, like you have DJ Moore. You're, you're putting him in the lineup, right? Like, you, and you're just hoping, especially on a week with six teams on by at his target share, and you're just letting Jesus take the wheel with the targets, man. Like, that, those are the guys that we have the Alaves, Devontae. So, like, you're just you're saying, Yes, here are the targets, here's the talent, do something with them. I have two questions for you on on Bajan, and uh, this might be this might be for Tusa Heather as well because she seems to she seems to know about Bajan as well. Oh, uh, looking at looking nice. at the, the chat we have in the background. One, um, is it true that his dad is like an arm wrestling champion? Yes, and that's, that's true. And that's two, fact. do you love the movie Over the Top starring Sylvester Stallone? Yes, the, absolutely. The about that, I do. Two facts, one hundred percent. Yes, on both accounts. Can you just turn your hat around real quick to uh, to to recreate? That's how that's how he got into. That's how Sylvester Stallone got into got into the zone when he was trying to win that semi truck. <laughs> Everyone knows when you want to get serious, like we're gonna have a conversation. You gotta go Griffy. You gotta Griffy it. That's, that's how you get. You have the trucker yeah, hat though. Get... The fitted isn't as good as the look. Right. It's more of the Griffy look. You gotta have the trucker hat yeah. to pull it off. Yeah, the trucker hat. I, my wife still wants me, uh, you know, back in the back in the early aughts, uh, back in my day, kids. I remember trucker hats were really popular, and I had long hair that would like flip up out of the end. And my wife is still, she's still trying to get me to grow it out again to to get the old Farrah Fawcett flip. Rest in peace. Nice. And so, uh, I, uh, so maybe we'll get there. All right, let's move on. Let's let's talk about a different game. Let's go to the Chargers and uh, the Chiefs. An interesting matchup in this game and you wrote about this in your worksheet preview, is Travis Kelsey versus Derwin James. And this has just been this has been a great matchup since Derwin James entered the league. He had a bunch of great stats about it. But it, it seemed, Kelsey got the best of him last time. Kind of how are you? We're starting Travis Kelsey. Oh, but if yeah. you're worried about DFS, kind of what are you what are you thinking about? Yeah, it's just something to throw in there. I know I've I've since we got like you know access to True Media a couple of years ago, I've, it was like one of the first things I uncovered. Like they were playing that week, and I was like, ah, you know, I want to look at it. And like the splits were pretty jarring. And like you said, you know, Kelsey finally got one over. It makes a good rivalry though. It is back and forth, right? Like you you do have the give and take. Like some one guy can win on a given play. Uh, we're kind of the Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans thing has been kind of one-sided. Like Marshawn Lattimore's kind of got the best of him, and that's why Mike Evans gets ejected from games because he's pissed off that he's getting nuked. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, since for people that know these stats, uh, I'll throw them out there. Since the Chargers drafted Derwin James, uh, Travis Kelsey has run 206 pass routes with Derwin James on the field because you know Derwin obviously had some snake uh, bugaboos early in his career getting on the field. On those 206 pass routes. Travis Kelsey has averaged 1.58 yards per route run, 12 yards per catch, and he's caught 57.4% of his targets. He has run 124 routes with Derwin James off the field. He has caught 73.7% of those targets, 14.6 yards per catch, 3.3 yards per route run. Uh, now, the last time these teams played, Kelsey Kelsey got him. He had, he, had, he actually hadn't scored a touchdown in a game Derwin James was active in against the Chargers until – Last time these teams played, and uh, not only did he score one, he scored three of them. So, uh, yeah, and then no one's sitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make up for last time. Uh, 
But yeah, no one's sitting Travis Kelsey. I just think it's fun because, you know, we don't have a lot of like these, like we used to get these all the time, like in the old school days, like Dion versus Jerry Rice, or, you know, we'd have uh, Ty Law and Marvin Harrison, right? Like we don't really have a lot of these individual bat matchups that are like a thing anymore, but like Derwin James and Travis Kelsey is low key. There's no bad blood here, but like, it's like a low key, like a fun cat and mouse game with these guys. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. And if Derwin James is going to, be able to at least hinder he, nobody's shutting down Travis Kelsey. Right. But if he's able to, if he's able to hinder Travis Kelsey, that's a massive problem for the Kansas City passing game as it is constructed in the year 2023, because Kelsey is the passing game and they haven't been able to, you know, develop any other pass catchers out of that. Or they don't use the ones that are actually good. Cough for she writes cough. <laughs> and so that's they go. That could be an issue moving here. This game has traditionally been a shootout. It has traditionally been um, very high scoring. You you put it in the worksheet, 51 points or more in five straight meanings. This is currently the second highest total on the board at 48. It's come down in 2023. That's why 48 is the second highest total. Uh, what a time to be alive. It has been bet down from a 52 open. The Chiefs defense has been, and we keep talking about it, the yeah, Chiefs defense good. is good. It's been good. They're only allowing 5.8 yards per pass attempt. Justin Herbert has struggled since Mike Williams uh, went down, the passing game hasn't been able to really get on track. We saw that again on, on Sunday night a little bit, especially thinking about the context of 2023. I'm getting under vibes from this game. And I and normally in DFS, if I'm getting under vibes from a game, I'm going to fade it. But I just have no idea what other game that I would that I would heavy stack. So I don't know what to do. But I am getting some under vibes here. How about you? Well, this game also, from a DFS perspective, is hard to stack because the core pieces you would want, you can't put together because they're just too expensive. Uh, I do a show with Joe Holcomb. We tried to build a few lineups around this game, and it, it's just extremely hard. Obviously, the Chiefs or DFS are always hard to stack because of what you said. like You want to do Mahomes plus Kelsey, but they're always the highest price players at each position and you're so you're paying up for the highest price player at two onesie positions which is really hard to do in dfs anyways even if it's not two guys on the same team um and then you talk about like the ancillary pieces you just don't know what anyone's going to do outside of isaiah pacheco like right like it, it, you know mahomes is a guy that can have three passing touchdowns and every guy that catches a passing touchdown still doesn't get there from a value perspective for dfs because they don't come with any yards or any catches like blake bell could catch a touchdown or mvs could have a touchdown and not really any catches or yards or who knows maybe justin ross catches a touchdown speaker tony last week catches the touchdown but is he's not really playable uh and then yeah. keenan allen's expensive austin eckler's expensive so like really outside of isaiah pacheco and josh palmer Everyone else is kind of a guessing game that like doesn't come attached to like a huge salary. So it is hard to game stack this game as well from just a salary restricted restriction perspective. Yeah, and like if you then do it and you end up with Palmer and Pacheco, then you end up with a lineup that looks very similar to a lot of other lineups because that's the way that you that you're going to be able to do it. So if you're entering a big tournament and not just, you know, a single entry, small field, you know, 300 people or whatever, then you're you're running into the risk of just having a bunch of duplicates. So even if you hit, it doesn't matter. And so it's, it yeah, it's a tough game with that. Like you said, if we had some, if we had some tertiary pieces that we felt great about, if they committed to playing Rasheed Rice more. He's the guy people will play. In, exactly. And, but other, yeah, you're right. He's just going to be the guy people will play. So can you play, do you play Tony and just hope they use him more? I mean, we have a long history now that they're not going to do that. So I, I mean, 
you, and the thing with Pacheco is the Chargers run defense hasn't even been bad like it was last year. No. And so you're not even you're not even really getting excited about that. And so yeah, like for for season long fantasy, this is easy. You're gonna start the start the players. Okay, start the guys. There's a decent chance that this is a good offensive environment, especially in the context of 2023, and you're feeling great. But from DFS, this is this is a tough situation to kind of figure out what you're gonna do with this. And I wonder if this is just this is a game of secondary stacks, and then we kind of then that's it. I wonder if that's how we have to kind of approach this or just put MBS in every lineup because the chargers give up deep passes. And if Michael Gallup would just catch some of them, my uncut gem ah. would have hit on, uh, on Monday night. Maybe that's just what. Yeah, I did. I did. Right. I said, you know, the thing is like, you know, the, our number one exerciser uh, in the world, you know, MBS, like if there was ever a game for him to catch a long touchdown, like this would be the one. But what is this? What is his, uh, what is his target rate? Uh, uh, 6.6%. He's been targeting 6.6% of his routes, the lowest rate of any player to run 100 more pass routes this season. Our number one cardio man in the NFL. He is getting that burn, baby. It is what, like, I wish I could, I, I need, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I could just tell you that is a wildly low number. Like, that is a, that is a crazy low number. Like, I, it's, why, why are they just running them out there to run them? Because structurally, this was their answer. Like when the Chiefs were seeing all the too high stuff, right? And they like, he, cause that, that's why his routes never go down, right? Like he, this is why he plays the most snaps because structurally, they need him to run guys off to open stuff up for Kelsey and then all their jet motion BS that they run. Like, you know, it's like get, they don't throw to Sky more, but like, you know, the Tony stuff and like the, the get the, he, MVS is there to do one thing and he's to take guys yeah. downfield. And it's working. Good job. The but that's Robert, why that's that why Beecham? that's why though he doesn't his nothing gets pulled back for him, even though he's doing nothing, because that's what they want. That he actually is doing, what, doing they what they want, want. him to do. <laughs> yeah. Am I thinking of is Robert Meacham the right guy? Am I thinking of the Saints wide receiver? Yeah, Robert Meacham uh, signed that big contract with the Chargers. Yeah. I, I think yeah, that's yeah. the guy. I think I'm thinking of the right one. They had a few of those guys go through there. Devery Henderson came after that, like another guy that just Devery ran. Henderson is actually the one I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's another yeah, guy just ran Henderson down the field. The, yeah, he just ran down the field. Sometimes Drew, with, Drew Brees would throw it to him, and you know, he'd have a big game, and then people would spend 10% of their fab budget, and then it never happened again. What a But Meacham got a big secondary contract. Like He actually was like a dude like people thought were, was good, and the Chargers paid him, and then he never did anything. Oh, that is money. I'm always happy to see something. Yeah, good for you, Robert Meacham. I hope I hope he owns yeah. like a bunch of five guys or something, like or whatever. Like, I hope he just ha- has done something cool afterwards. Post that yeah, a bunch of Papa Johns, something <laughs> like that. I'm happy. One more game this week to talk about that is kind of okay, and I do say kind of okay because I don't know, I don't know how good the Ravens are. Like, I genuinely have no idea how good they are. Looking at what they faced this year and kind of the slip ups they've had. Uh, you know, that Colts game against Carter Minshew is rough. But the Lions are playing the Ravens. This is going to be a good a good yardstick for at least the Ravens and maybe the Lions too if the Ravens are, you know, as good as their record indicates. One of the more interesting things in this game is the Lions defense, which I had doubts about this Lions defense entering entering the season. Uh, you know, you looked at the end of last year and it, even when they were winning games, their defense wasn't great. Their additions that they made, I was not, you know, I was not super impressed by and a lot of those additions the free agent additions aren't even playing right now and yet this defense has been good they're second allowing just 3.3 yards per carry seventh allowing 6.3 yards per attempt 
10th, allowing 1.63 points per drive. They have a 39.6% pressure rate, which is sixth. They're seventh, allowing just 4.6 plays against to gain 20 yards or more. This defense has been legitimately good. However, their schedule hasn't really tested them. And so this is going to be a good opportunity to see both where the Ravens offense is and kind of where the Lions defense is as well. And I don't know kind of which end of that I'm falling on. I'm going to have to make that decision at some point, but I, I kind of don't know which way to go because neither team is really, I don't know what to think about really either team at this point. Yeah. I, I kind of like this game from a DFS perspective for that reason, right? Like I feel like, cause the peripheral metrics are both these defenses are really good because uh, if you go back to the front of the show, there are no good offenses. Uh, and this, these two teams have particularly played uh, a good run of them. The Ravens more so than the Lions, but the last time we seen the Lions face kind of a, a quarterback we would consider at least league average or close to league average in Geno Smith, I mean, they give up 37 points. Uh, and they've had injuries since then. Like, they're missing key pieces. I mean, since then they faced Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, and Baker Mayfield. Um, I definitely think they're improved, but I also think if anyone low-key hasn't watched the Ravens, like Lamar Jackson is playing some of the best football of his career. I mean, he is playing some really good quarterback right now. The, it hasn't completely reflected in the box score because they haven't had the touchdowns. They're also another team that's had some some wishy-washy like red zone success. But, man, Lamar Jackson's playing really good. I encourage anyone to go back to that Browns game that he had, uh, especially, you know, seeing what the resume we're seeing the Browns continue to stack defensively. Um, so this will be a nice test for the Lions defense and the Ravens defense as well. I mean, we're still trying to figure out what they are. We know like Mike McDonald is he's built up like kind of making the most out of like all the injuries that they've had. They did get Marlon Humphrey back. Uh, but this is a team I feel like still has some opportunity to give up some plays and this Lions. I have more faith that Ben Johnson and this Lions offense is more real than I do this defense. Uh, so I think that there's a chance here. This game could be kind of like sneakily like good on the, in the context of this particular DFS slate. Uh, because it looks like we might not, well, we know we're not getting David Montgomery. So do we get kind of like a, a spot where Jameer Gibbs can have some more usage? You know, like I said, does Lamar Jackson play well? We got Mark Andrews and I'm on Ross St. Brown players we can count on. Zay Flowers is the only Ravens wide receiver that's consistently playing snaps. So like you've got kind of a core nucleus of guys you can build around in this game uh, if it's relatively good. And both these defenses aren't just quite as good as their peripheral metrics look. Yeah. And I mean, also, the just kind of on a side there, Nelson Aguilar is running second most routes among wide receivers. So if you are stacking this game, that's something that's something to keep in mind. You mentioned how Lamar Jackson's been good, but the Ravens' offense has kind of felt sleepwalky. And I think some of the reason for that are penalties. I think penalties are killing them. They're 25th in offensive penalty uh, EPA. Drops are hurting them. They're 5.7% in drop rate. And I kind of think this Ravens' offense, you mentioned – uh, Lamar Jackson's expected touchdowns. He's two behind his expected touchdowns, I believe is, is the number you had. And so this feels like an offense that is running on the wrong side of variance right now. And I wonder if, I wonder if, you know, maybe this is the game that we see it. So I think that that is a, I mean, that Steelers game, ball. that Steelers game, they could have had 30 points in that game. <laughs> and yeah. Just self-sabotage. I also think too, this is a team like, and you know, I don't want to be like this guy that says like you have to have like elite running back play, but I feel like their their running back situation is actually not very good right now for the offense either. Like they're a team that needs an explosive player in the run, like the, in the in their backfield right now. Absolutely. All right, we're running out of time quickly. Dylan Finnick did have a question. I uh, moved Alave and James Cook for Stefan Diggs. Good trade. I love that trade. James Cook is going the yeah. wrong way in his usage. So um, I like that. I like that for you, Dylan. All right, let's move on real quick to Uncut Gems before before we run out of time here. Rich, who do you 
Who do you like this week? Who is your uncut gem this week? Yeah, uh, my my uncut gem this week is uh, is Jalen Hyatt. You know, he's kind of trending positively. He's run more routes uh, in every game in the past three weeks, eighty five percent last week. And you kind of just look at it from a matchup perspective. Like, if you gotta say like whatever, man. Uh, you know, here, you know, we gotta what the the, the backwards hat on for it because he said that's when everything gets gets serious. I mean, the commanders are just giving up the bag to outside receivers and on these vertical targets. So if Tyrod plays, who already has more deep completions than Daniel Jones and you just have to throw something at of the flex or wide receiver three like we know the pedigree that the Blitnikoff award winner has like I'm going with uh, Jalen Hyatt man hoping for the best hoping Tyrod Taylor starts uh hoping and open for the best I'm gonna go with we talked about this earlier I'm gonna go with Tyler Algier in kind of this very thin running back week he is getting the goal to go carries they they're nine team goal to go carries this season for the falcons algier has five of them he has 30 carries over the last two weeks you're not worried about the matchup this is could be a game here against the bucks that they're the falcons don't have to chase as much so they can stay more kind of running where they want to run it's just a, it's a good spot for algier and i wouldn't be shocked if he left with you know two touchdowns and so he's probably going to get you 50 yards maybe he gets you some touchdowns and, and kind of swings a week for you so algier is my uncut gym for for this week. All right, that is it for us. We really appreciate you listening. If you came and watched this live on YouTube, we appreciate that. If you didn't, remember, go to YouTube, search Warren Sharp, and subscribe to get notified when we go live at 11.30 every Thursday. If you listen to another podcast, we also appreciate that. So thank you very much for that. We have a bunch of stuff still coming out this week. We have Ryan McChrystal and Todd Burroughs doing the DFS preview and betting preview on Thursday night. Show up in your podcast feed on Friday. Sunday, right after the games end, I'll be with Curtis and Tucker recapping the, the week seven games. So make sure you check us there. Go to Sharp Football Analysis. Check out our all-access package. Use code ANGLES. Get 25% off. And I think that's it. I think that's all I got. So we're going to sign off, and we'll talk to you soon.